Good evening. For the past two and a half hours, our audience has been trying to work out why the consultants are slightly green around the gills. See if you can work out why, with the help of this dance floor classic. My eyes are red. My throat is sore. I smell of eggs. My hands are clawed. I've got 666 underneath my hair and I'm wrestling priests on cathedral stairs. Our heads are spinning and our tails are pronged. Can you work out what's gone wrong? <laughs> We've been possessed. <laughs> We've been possessed. The consultants is recorded in front of a childish studio audience. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm glad you could make it. Not, Not a problem. problem. Now, it's been a long and tremendously tiring week. You're telling me. But let's take the bull by the teeth and get the horn between our bits. Yeah. Let's get to work. Willis? Yes, Chesney? Can you please turn that off? Sorry. But <laughs> listening to modern jazz helps me relax. <laughs> I feel so tense. Look at me, I'm shaking like a jelly hummingbird on a stick. Rubbish. Why are you so angry? I'm not angry. How dare you say I am? I'm just overcome with violent rage. Well, stop it. It's making me cry. Oh, what's happening to us? We're not the well-oiled progress machine we normally are. No, we're more like a typewriter that's been filled with hair and glue. <laughs> Perhaps we should see a doctor. I've already been. He asked me to write down a full account of my ailments on a piece of paper, but I couldn't. I was listless. <laughs> Well, I'm not enjoying work either. Ever since we got those new calculators, I feel I don't really count. We might have illness disease. Who can help us? I'll call Pat. He's always right. Except for that time when he told you Ringo Starr was Italian. Yeah. Yeah, well, everyone's got an off day. Get me Pat in answers. Pat, hi, it's Chesney here. Listen, something's up. Willis is shaking, I'm in a rage, and Teddy can't stop crying. Oh, right, oh, I see. Oh, oh fair enough. Thanks, Pat. What do you say? Well, apparently, Ringo's second-generation Italian. His, uh, his mother's from the north, Genoa. Yeah, I met her once. <laughs> Pat says that we've caught something called stress. Right, we'd better fumigate the office and burn the toilet. No, it seems that stress is a harmful brain disease that can also affect the mind and legs. Ah. A sort of worry pox. Yeah, very much so. So what's the cure? Pills, amputation, needle in the eye? Not that simple, I'm afraid. We have to de-stress immediately or we'll be dead by tea time. Pat said we should examine our sleep patterns. Well, I sleep like a baby. I wake up crying every two hours because I've soiled myself. <laughs> Next, Pat recommended that we try to relax ourselves more at work. Apparently, it releases bent dolphins into the bloodstream. We could, uh... <laughs> We should spend some time alone. Right, everyone into the isolation tank. There we go. Hmm, the, uh, the water's quite salty. Sorry, I got nervous when you shut the lid. <laughs> well, uh, uh, perhaps we need some soothing whale song. Good idea. Bread of heaven, bread. My suit's shrinking, and I can't see the crossword. Well, that was hardly calming. As a last resort, Pat said we should introduce a policy of complete honesty to prevent any build-up of stress-making resentments. Are we harbouring any unexpressed grudges against each other? Well, there is one little thing. Go on. Teddy. 
You're a salad-tossing blanket jockey. You wouldn't know hard work if it smacked you in the juggles and made you breakfast. You've got a chip on your shoulder like a docker's omelette, and your mama's so fat she ate the bath. <laughs> well, better a chip on my shoulder than one in my leg, you dog mattress. If you weren't so busy pumping butter and cognac into your swollen face, you might be able to pull up your smelly trousers. And your mama's so ugly, she went into a mirror shop and it caught fire. <laughs> I'll get it. Ah, Pat, we're tearing each other to pieces. The idea that saying what you feel can make you function more effectively is rubbish. Yeah, this honesty policy's piffle twaddle. Cod psychological mumbo hoop. Hogwipe. Pap trap. Bungalins. Pat, you're fired. Oh, I feel much better for that. <sighs> I feel great. Was Pat upset? Oh, yeah. Well, he's just found out Ringo's Japanese. Apparently, he was putting on an Italian accent to impress women. Good morning, welcome to stunt school. I'm Andy. I'll be your stunt instructor this term. Uh, just gonna do the register. Wayne Bennett. Here. Steve Carter. Sorry I'm late. My, my plane was delayed. Well, that's fine, Steve, but next time do try and land on the big pile of boxes over there. Ray Coots. Actually, Ray, I think you might want the special effects course down the corridor. <laughs> In the personal columns I read The way to get a lady in bed Is to cuisine your way into her charms A chef is never short of girls' arms To enfold him, so I went through my little black book I found a French girl to try and impress With my cooking, how tricky can cordon bleu be? It's just horses for courses, quite literally <laughs> But before I could get to first base She threw her garlic baked beans in my face I said, you're ponder tearing me apart, mademoiselle She said, that's a load of cockavan Why don't you escort go to hell? <laughs> Let me tag you, tell you who I got on the phone A little signora from Rome I wouldn't mind a bit of gnocchi with her But she was less than impressed with her dinner I said, oh, what's the matter with my spaghetti? She said, it's from a tin, it's alphabetti I said, I'm feeling kind of lonely and blue If you go now, I'll tittle miss you But then she got up and walked out the door Saying, you better believe it, senor And a pestle she had driven away She was past her best anyway <laughs> So I went for a Mexican senorita To come round and nibble my fajitas I know a pretty good beef chimichanga Play my cards right, I reckon I'll bang you I tried to kill her with kindness Placed my hand on her thigh I said, where you refried beans all my life? But she smacked my burritos Brought tortillas to my eyes I'm not so sure what I did was wise Whack a holy Moses <laughs> But now I am happy at home It's much easier cooking alone What is fun, just like Delia said So I'm a bachelor chef now instead 
A single-handed affair in the candlelight From me and my pot noodle goodnight Great Zeus, king of the gods I, Perseus, your son I'm instructed to claim the head of the Gorgon Medusa, but the quest is terrible and dangerous, and I, a mere mortal, cannot hope to succeed. Do not lose heart, Perseus. The gods watch over you. To aid you in your quest, we bring you gifts blessed with magical powers. Gifts of the gods. I, Zeus, give you the fabled helmet of the gods. Is this the fabled magical helmet that renders its wearer invisible? I hadn't thought of that. It's a baseball cap with a built-in FM radio. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. Perseus, I am Hermes, messenger of the gods. My gift to you is this pair of sandals. Ah, oh, the legendary winged sandals that will allow me to soar high and swoop down upon Medusa. No, they're clerks. They're, they're built to last. They won't scuff. Thank you, Hermes. That's even better than the scarf you got me last year. I don't suppose you kept the receipt. The gods will not tolerate insolence, Perseus. Now, your Uncle Poseidon couldn't be here, but he's on the phone and he wants a quick word. Ugh, he'll only have got me armbands. Do I have to speak to him? Yes, you do. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> Poseidon here. How's my favourite mortal? I'm sorry I can't be there, but I've got a Veruca. I, uh, I suppose you're having a lovely time with all those gifts. Now, I've got you a voucher. Oh! For some armbands. <sighs> Give me strength. Can't do that, Perseus. I gave strength to Hercules. Come on, put it all on so we can see what you look like. No, I look stupid. Theseus got seven league boots and exceptional cunning. It's not fair. But there's more. Aphrodite has sent you some aftershave and a Toblerone. Aftershave isn't going to kill a Gorgon. Oh, I don't know. It's Blue Stratos. I'm not going to be turned to stone wearing armbands and a radio hat. I'm going. Honestly, heroes these days are spoilt rotten. I don't know. Jason was very happy with his fleece. Oh, that's true. And Pandora's still playing with that box I gave her. Well, that's toddlers for you. <laughs> Beyond his substantial strength and ape-like agility, my subject demonstrates a near-human intellect. I've succeeded in imbuing in him a rudimentary grasp of the Queen's English. Go on, Tarzan. Show them what you can do. A. B. C. D. E. F. G H I J K L M N O P Q it's not a slide into the consultant's radio archive. This week, an episode first broadcast in 1956 from their ground-busting superhero serial, Captain Buff. Meanwhile, on the upside of the west side in Police Chief Robert's office, the city of New York is being terrorized by a volcanic eruption. 
It's a crisis. The lava flow is right outside the city. We've tried everything, and everything's failed. It's pandemonium, Police Chief Roberts. You're right, Firefighter Joe Wilson. It's anarchy. We're surely doomed, unless maybe... Just maybe. What is it, Chief? There's one chance left. We must call Captain Buff. Captain Buff, the naked superhero? (laughs) Chief, I thought he was retired. I know he's retired, but darn it, this is an emergency. Give me the pink phone. And Joe, pray we're not too late. Meanwhile, on the good side of the bright side in his millionaire mansion hideaway, wealthy socialite Buck Stark is answering his telephone. Hello. Hello, Captain Buff. Captain Buff. No one's called me that name for a long time. I recognize that voice. There's only one voice that can resonate with such evil. And it belongs to my old adversary, Dr. Bonaha Fawoot. No, Captain Buff, it's me, Police Chief Roberts. Oh, yes, of course. It's been a long time, Chief. Yes, Captain Buff. And I wouldn't be calling you at this late hour on the Naked Hotline if we didn't desperately need your help. I see. My old archenemy, Dr. Bonahaf Woot, is back in town, is he? Uh, no. It's an unstoppable river of lava that threatens to totally engulf the city. Aha. Uh-huh. No doubt the work of Dr. Bonahaf Woot back to get no, his... No, no. Please listen. It's a force of nature. <laughs> Dr. Fruit is not involved. I see. Please, Captain Buff. You're the city's only hope. I'm sorry, Chief. I'm retired. My naked superhero days are over. I wear clothes now, just like all the rest. But, but Captain Buff, you're the only man alive who can save us. Goodbye, Chief. We'll be going out tonight, Master Buff. Shall I prepare your genitals? <laughs> now, Alfred, my days of heroic nudity are behind me now. It's over. But you can still prepare my genitals if you want. The city needs you, Master Buff. I know, Alfred. I know. Later that day, on the outside, in the east side, I do like to be beside the seaside, beside the flip side of my backside. I can't believe Captain Buff just hung up on me like that. I know him as a lot of things. Noble, courageous, naked, certainly, but a quitter... I never had him pegged for that. It's okay, Chief. There's nothing you could have done. There's nothing anyone could have done. Wait, Joe. What's that sound? Look, down in the street. It's a nude. It's in pain. It's... Archie Strats and his swinging nuts. Good evening. I'm Archie Strats, and here are my swinging nuts. This evening, we're going to sing for you One Button Suit. Well, in my one-button suit, I went walking with my lady, and while she complained her frock was hot, I kept cooling, not a lot. I turned around to comfort her, and she gave a plaintive cry. I swung around too quickly, and minutes had caught her eye. My one-belly button suit. Good night. No, my mistake. It's not Archie Struts and his swinging nuts. It's... Hello, Chief. Captain Buff. That's right, Chief. And as you can see, I'm completely naked. So I see. Wow. Look at that. When did you convert? (laughs) No, no, I caught that on a nail. 
You know, we uh, we thought you weren't coming. Whatever changed your mind? Well, Chief, after my parents were brutally murdered right in front of me by a radioactive stripper, I swore to protect this city with the very intimidating tool of fear that had destroyed my family. Naturism. Exactly. <laughs> I set off almost as soon as I put the phone down. But Captain Buff, that was over six hours ago. You forget, Chief. I run everywhere. What about the Buffmobile? I sold it. The leather seats made my butt sweat. <laughs> so, how can I help? As you can see, Captain Buff, the lava has advanced well into the eastern part of the city. I see. You know, it's a funny thing. But when you said lava on the phone, I thought you meant lava as in salt lava. <laughs> oh, is that going to be a problem, Captain Buff? No, no. Remember, Chief, in my uncostumed persona, I can do almost anything. I tan easily, I'm immune to pickpockets, and on a good day, I can carry a ring donut with my hands free. <laughs> Your work here is done, citizens. Just leave everything to me. Sure thing, Captain Buff. And now I will use my naked ability to cool the molten rock. My nude body will smother the flames. Good luck, Captain Buff. Thanks, Chief. Could you hold my keys? <laughs> Holy hot rods, Chief. He's just jumped into the lava. He knows exactly what he's doing. May again, uh, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> Problems, Captain Buff? Chief, my naked body alone is not enough. And I may need some savlon. But if you fine fellows author remove your clothes, we can beat it together. Oh, you'd like that? Well, don't you, Captain? <laughs> why, why, Joe, what in the name? Who would like the world to see my naked shame, my plumless visit vine? Sweet lemons, it's Dr. Boona Half-Root. Will Captain Buff defeat the lava, or will the lava defeat the feet of Captain Buff? Will Dr. Boona Half-Root make the big apple crumble? Tune in next week, boys and girls, for more nude crime fighting with... Captain Bob! Oh. oh, hello, Bernie. Buzz, hello, Buzz. Busy. Buzz, no, not really. I'm fed up with this. Buzz, fed up with what? Buzz, you know, being looked down on because I'm a worker. You know, we collect all that nectar and I have to hand it all over to some fat great minger who never gets off an abdomen, you know. <laughs> it's not like I'm ever going to get to be Queen Bee. Buzz, you got to be born into that. Buzz, you know that. Oh, Buzz, well, it's ridiculous. You know, I hate the monarchy. She thinks she's our knees, Buzz. God, there'd be a few changes, right, if I was a Queen Bee. Buzz, yeah, you'd be sitting different for a start. No, Buzz, no, in the hive, right? No, no more bowing and scraping, or all of us living as equals, Buzz. Everyone tending their own eggs, fetching their own pollen. Buzz, I didn't realise you were such a social insect, Bernie. Buzz, yeah, well, I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to make some tiny placards, organise a swarm, you know, create a hive of dissent. Buzz, it's not that bad. Buzz, what? A futile life of toil culminating in an ignoble death when I sting something and pull my guts out or drown in a floral-scented toilet. Come on, let's have a revolution. Your worker bees of the world unite. Buzz, hold up. Here comes the giant with the white smoke. Oh, oh, that's nice, Buzz. Oh, that's good, Buzz. Oh, yes, Buzz. What are you saying, Buzz? What, when, what, Buzz? All that stuff about revolution, Oh, what are you talking about, Buzz? Buzz, hold up, where's all the honey gone? Oh, but someone's had it. Buzz, we better get to work or the Queen will go madhouse. Buzz, yeah. Let's get ready to bumble. Hello. Hello, I'm uh, just out on a ramble. Is this a public right of way? Aye. Goodness me, what a lot of pigs. Are they all yours? Aye. Wow. 
When will they be ready for uh, slaughter? Slaughter? You know, to make into gammon, chops and stuff. All oh, right, I get you. When will they die? <laughs> well, I have to say, it's down to Mother Nature, isn't it? See that one there? I've had him 15 years. He's still going strong. All right, there's not one pig here younger than ten. Thing is, I'm getting quite hungry now. <laughs> oh, dear. Aye, look at them. Healthy, vital. They'll outlive me at this rate. They cost a bomb to feed and I've had an out from them. I'm starving. Them big brown eggs they lay taste terrible. <laughs> no, I'm just going to have to wait for them to cark it. Could you not help things along a bit? Hey, keep your voice down. I've been trying to make conditions a little less favourable to their survival. Look at him there. Oh, yeah, he looks a bit sickly. Aye, I hid his scarf. <laughs> Thought he might catch his death. And see that big one at the back? What, the one with the limp? That's the fella. I lent him my car, but, you know, tampered with the brakes. <laughs> and what happened? He started her up and reversed into my outhouse. Demolished it. I've had to do my business in a bucket for the last fortnight. <laughs> What about slitting their throats? No. No risk of that, sadly. They all use these safety razors now. <laughs> I've stopped buying them shaving gel, but at best they've had a bit of razor burn. <laughs> them as haven't got beards. <laughs> oh, at last. One of the cows has burst. Grab a sponge and I'll get you a glass of milk. <laughs> OK, boys, my time ain't cheap. You two want to make pancakes? Join a Waffle House. You want to make movies? You got three minutes. What you got? Okay, Mr. Lipnick. Opening scene, a spooky castle. An old man lies on his deathbed. In his hand, a snow globe. It falls. Smash. Something comes from his lips. Rosebud. This guy eats flowers? <laughs> no. No, it's the last word he ever says. He sounds like a joke. No, no, no. He, he's, he's Charles Foster Kane, a newspaper giant. A giant made a newspaper? What if he catches fire? <laughs> this is unrealistic. No, no, he's a newspaper tycoon based on William Randolph Hearst. Unless he's a naked kung fu chef, the audience is bored. No, no. no please listen, right? A reporter tracks down the people who worked and lived with Kane and tries to figure out what the word rosebud means. They tell their stories in a series of flashbacks that reveal much about Kane's life, but not enough to unlock the riddle of his dying breath. Final scene. Workers burn most of the things that Citizen Kane saved in his lifetime. His childhood sledge is thrown into the fire. It has the word rosebud on it. The hell does that mean? <laughs> Orson Welles is dying to do this film. I, I have to say, we think it has the potential of being the greatest movie ever made. Hmm. This guy, he's got a sled with rosebud on it. Too pansy, too old-fashioned. Give him a skateboard and write the word Slipknot on it. Slipknot? Yeah. You say this guy's in newspapers? Who goes to the movies to read newspapers? People can't read these days. They're all goofballs, idiots. Yeah, that's it. Make him an idiot. Yeah, but what about his colleagues, family, friends? Sure, okay. He has a bunch of crazy guys who film him pushing other guys down fire escapes in supermarket trolleys. Oh. <laughs> okay, but there's a whole section of the movie about his wife's ambitions to be a singer. Why, Schmeife? Why not have him stick a toy car up his butt and have it x-rayed? Again, <laughs> his friends can film this. Oh, that certainly solves that problem, Mr. Lipnick. Yeesh, this is your job. Give me your ideas or you're out. Uh, okay, maybe his buddies cover a cane in bees? Uh, electrocute themselves. Fall off their bikes? <laughs> 
appointment. We'll need a new title. This whole Crimson Crane thing doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. How about Tron? Children of a Lesser God. Oh, that's already been done, Jackass. Jackass. Perfect. <laughs> Jackass a movie. I want a final draft on my desk in two hours. Polish those shells. It's Oscar time. <laughs> Boys, this is Houston. What is the nature of your emergency? Respond. Houston? What is the nature of your emergency? Ain't no emergency here, sir. We got red lights and sirens going crazy all over down here. <laughs> now, what is the nature of your emergency? A- ain't, ain't no emergency. No way. Everything here just just, just going on. Just, just going on good. Yes, sir. What button did you press, boy? <laughs> M- Mr. Houston, sir, I ain't never pressed no button less than you tells me so Now you know what happens when you lie to me, boy well, Please don't turn off the air again, Mr. Houston I, I, I gets all blue in the face Put your damn brother on Hello You boys, you boys make trouble for me? It was Jim, sir He was picking on me and pushing me in the head and saying I was rushing I felt real lonely, sir <laughs> I just wanted to talk to her, and I tried pressing the button for the radio, and I tried real hard to do it right, but I pressed the wrong button, and all the noise done come out of it. One of them big things fell off the back of the capsule. Can I not trust you boys to behave yourselves? We was lonely, Mr. Houston. You ain't done talk to us in five weeks. Yeah, well, me and your mama being pretty busy down here. <laughs> can, can we speak to her, Mr. Houston? Oh, I'm sorry, boys, but your mama's sleeping. She's had a real tiring afternoon. <laughs> sir, sir, we come back to Earth soon to see Mama, please, Mr. Houston. Please, Mr. Houston, sir. But you ain't finished your mission yet, boys. But, sir, there's so many of them stars, I don't think even two of us could count them all. And what with Jim having a hand missing, we can only count 15 at a time. <laughs> Damn it, boys, you won't even do one little job for me. I'm going to have to tell your Mama that you don't love her no more. Houston, out. Jim, I wants to go home. Me too, Bubblehead. I can't count no more stars. It's making the inside of my head go simple. I know. We could jump down to Earth and see Mama. But but you knows we ain't meant to open the door. Yeah, but just think on it. We'd be we'd be jumping home. We could jump home. Falling down through the atmosphere. Float our way back to the farm. 100 miles. Are you scared? You bet I ain't. Cause we're jumping home to see mom. I'll strap my banjo to my breeches. I'll tie pillows to my toes. And we'll wave at all the stars as we go by. Back to the farm, to our sweet mama's arms. Falling home through a hole in the sky. I'm gonna land right slap bang in the rocking chair. Sit on the porch and chew gum. And I'm gonna land in the creek in my swimming trunks and shoot me some fish with my gun. I'll strap my banjo to my breeches. I'll tie pillows to my toes. And we'll wave at all the stars as we go by. Back to the farm to our sweet mama's arms. Tumbling home for her blueberry pie. I love you, Bubblehead. And I love you too, Moonface. Okay, let's go.
by the consultants with additional material from James Eldred and the voice of Jeffrey Wheeler. Music and noises were by George Cockrell and Jerry Peel. The consultants are Neil Edmond, Justin Edwards and James Rawlings. The producer was Will Saunders.